Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for the Biscuits and Gravy podcast. My name is Tammy DeLue. Normally, I have a co-presenter, Rachel King, but she's off doing a mysterious errand, so she's not able to join us in the studio today. We have a very special guest. Teresa Kuhn is joining us from Living Wealthy Financial and the Living Wealthy Podcast, and she's going to be telling us about a unique way that you can regain the use, liquidity, and control of your money, imagine that, and possibly pay less in tax and a lot of other good things. So she's going to explain that to us, give us a little bit of the reasons why she chose that particular method to help her clients, and we're very excited to have Teresa on the show today. If you're interested in getting more control over your finances, if you're interested in doing something that's different than anything you've been taught, then you're going to be excited about today's program. Teresa, welcome. Hello, Tammy. So let's let's start by telling the audience how old we are. <laughs> no, no, well, not. no, But no, you no, and I no. have been, been working together for a very long time. Before the world and the internet, the World Wide Web knew about Tammy DeLue. And it seems like the Has years... 2007? Yes, and the no years way. have flown by. Yes, way. Oh my gosh, that's crazy, crazy, crazy. So uh, anyone who knows me knows who you are, because I tell everybody about you. But can you tell people a little bit about your background and how you actually got into this safe money kind of thing? Well, let's see. In a nutshell, I went to school and studied uh, finance. I got a finance degree and I worked for a Wall Street firm. Then I went to law school. So before, during college and before law school, I worked at a Wall Street firm, went to law school. Thankfully, after I graduated and practiced law, downtown DC, got that out of my system. My husband was transferred to Ohio and so blessed not to have to practice law for a living because we were transferred and I was already licensed in three states. I said, I'm not doing this in every state in the country as we were chasing my husband's career. So I went back to working with money and just knew, just absolutely knew intuitively and from just a practical perspective that traditional financial planning just isn't practical and doesn't work for a lot of people. And not that you can't build wealth that way. It's just not practical. If you think about, and this isn't a dig on Wall Street, but if you just think about you start a job out of college, let's say you're 23, 24, and the whole financial planning community talks about separating you from your money until you're 59 and a half. There's a lot of living that goes on between 23 and 59 and a half. And so all of the thinking is about planning for retirement and then to dead. But there's no talk about how you're going to finance cars, how you're going to pay for college, how you're going to buy a home put down down payment. And once you have a home, how you're going to replace your roof or replace your air conditioning, heating system. There's no talk about living. And today people want to live large. People don't want to live small lives. And so I knew that way back then. I did a lot of research, did a lot of reading. What today is conventional understanding for most people, like the Federal Reserve is not federal. That was revolutionary back then like to utter those words yeah it was like, it was, oh my gosh what are you talking about you're crazy and so I just thankfully had the the mind and the curiosity and the training to go outside and say I want something different I'm going to build a business bringing 
strategies to my clients that's congruent with my understanding of how money works and my philosophies and my values because I'm going to build something that's enduring and where clients are going to love me for doing this, not leave me after the market turns and they've lost money. I want nothing to do with that. Everything you said in there is it's just uh, full of content because I think here's one thing I've noticed is that you're right. People do not deal with the living and the distribution and the accumulation phases of people's lives are totally different. And there's that little part, like you said, there's the dash in between born in 1960, died in, you know, 2020. There's that little dash and that's where you live, right? And that's where these expenses come into play. I'm going to have you explain the concept in very simple terms in just a second. But what I, I, I like the fact that you know, there is a lot of living you want to do. You don't want to just work all the time and then, you know, kick the bucket. And there's so many things. You want to do things with your kids. You want to help them. Like in your case, you were able to help your son start his own business, which I think is phenomenal. So tell us a little bit about how you came across Nelson Nash's work and how that influenced you and then how you decided to kind of totally reinvent your practice and deal with people's cash flow issues, cash, cash management issues, I should say. So I remember finding out about Nelson Nash and the infinite banking concept book. And I shared it with people in the financial services industry that I knew and respected. And I read the book and I so loved it. Like Nelson used to say, it's something you get. You either get it or you don't, right? Immediately. And I immediately got it. I was so in love with the concept. And I went to my peers and they were like, you, you, you don't want anything to do with that. And so I followed my heart and I followed my intuition. God, just totally God put Nelson in my way. And I met Pamela and Nelson was brilliant with what he did and just so adored him. And thank God for Pamela and her marketing mind, right? And she also caught the vision of what Nelson was saying and teaching and with her experience in marketing, brought it out to the masses. You know, you mentioned something. I love how you word things. When you say it's about the living, right? It's like you're born on this day and you die on this day. And in that lifetime, Tammy, the whole world in terms of business looks for a way to separate you from your money. I mean, it's just how it is. Taxes, right? We're being, being taxed to death, right? In terms of Wall Street and the bankers and the finance companies. And again, no tinfoil hat. It's just the reality. Hey, it just is what it is. Don't you see people are starting to get it finally, though? Finally, I see the younger generations. And All right, I'll, I'll the, take Gen X. We're not millennials? We can't be millennials? We can't. We could act like a millennial, but the thing is, they, they understand. They they really do understand that they're being taken advantage of. So when you came across Nelson's work, I think the th first thing that jumps out, at least for me, is the fact that you're taking back control and the use and the liquidity of your own money. So kind of explain what banking on yourself really means. It allows your dollars to work for you instead of someone else. At the end of the day, the banks, the finance companies, they all depend on you having your money tied up in retirement plans that you're not going to see until you're 59 and a half. And that's, you know, the way it works optimally for them and for you, because if you take it out early, you get dinged, right? You pay penalties and fees. 
it really allows you to control your dollars and have access to your dollars and liquidity use and access of your money is a very important benefit. It grows tax-free in terms of separating you from your money from the government and taxes, you're growing tax-favored, which in layman's term is tax-free if it's done right, right? So the big disclaimer asterisk here is in a perfect world where this is designed right, and this is why it's so important to work with somebody who knows what they're doing, because of course, this is what we do all day. We design it right, and we teach you how to use it right. Millennials, in many ways, they're awake to the matrix. They're awake to, I'm born, I go to school, and then I graduate from school and I go to work. With horrendous debt hanging over my head. By design. And then I go work for somebody else to pay off the debt and then work for somebody else or work for myself, but I'm still trapped in this matrix where I have no freedom. And they're awake to that and they're getting that. And so they're saying, I want something different which is why this appeals to them so much because it is different and it gives them control and it gives them something to operate outside of that matrix, that financial prison. I was going to ask you, are you, do you find your clients are getting a little younger as far as the people that are getting it? And uh, obviously they are. So, you know, it works with a product though that I think people push back against because they've been told buy term insurance and invest the difference. And that has not worked out for most people. I'd say the majority of people that has not worked out for. So the pushback is against the product, but the product is really the brilliant part of this. Can you explain how you set up one of these accounts using just traditional boring old whole life insurance? Well, I'm so over people saying whole life insurance sucks. No one can tell that, that to me anymore because I, I can push back. I've been doing this a very, very long time and I've got the track record. I've seen the progression of these policies and many times their whole life policies for my clients that are older and life happens and bad investments happen, health happens and taxes happen, et cetera. This is the last man standing for them and they're so grateful for this. And we've got all the numbers. We've got all everything. We can show everything to those who want to know how this works better than anything else. And we're not saying don't go invest in other investments. We're not saying that at all. We're just saying this is the foundation from which you can build your finances to have more options in life when it comes to finances. What do we want for our children? When we have our babies, we project out into the future and we think, oh, we want you to have an amazing life. And the way to have an amazing life is to have more great options. The better your options, the better your life is going to be. And this is all we're doing for people is giving them an option that opens up so many opportunities and doors for them that they can't imagine they're going to need until they need it. So I know that sounds very, very elusive. <laughs> Let's put it down in concrete terms, right? Let's just get down to brass tacks. These specially designed whole life policies, and again, you got to work with someone who knows what they're doing and which companies to work with, et cetera. Every dollar that goes into the policy works harder for you than they would in any other type of money strategy, like safe money, 
bank accounts, CDs, money market accounts, checking accounts, et cetera, right? This is the money that you would put into a safe money strategy. And for those who say, you know, I'm chasing return, I don't need any money in safe money, you haven't lived long enough. So you tell that to me, and I know you're not that experienced when it comes to finances, because anybody who has invested a long period of time has had issues come up with their investments. And let's not, you know, really rag on people. You can't blame them in this artificially created scenario where savers are beat over the head by the government by getting nothing for their savings. You can't blame people for wanting to chase returns. It's sort of like it's a dog chasing its tail. I mean, you're trying to get out of the situation where you're getting nothing when you save and when you invest. So I can understand why people keep chasing returns, but it doesn't work out in the end for most people. Doesn't work out. Doesn't work out from an emotional perspective. It doesn't work out from a neural wiring perspective, right? How you were wired at birth to think about money, how you were raised regarding money, where you are in life from a hormone chemical perspective. People don't talk about any of this. That affects investing so much. And the whole financial system is about chasing return. And so no, we we don't chase return, but you will get probably a better return than with any other investment. And going back to how hard those dollars work for you. One dollar going into these policies does more for you than anywhere else. Why, why can I say that? Your dollars buy death benefit, which is a self-completing plan. And I know millennials think they don't need death benefit, but we can talk about that in a moment. It grows tax favored. You still have access to your money when you need it. You have the power of uninterrupted compounding, which means when you access that money, or if you borrow your money from your policy, that money continues to work for you. And Einstein, of course, said that compounding was the eighth wonder of the world. If you have a major medical issue, you can't perform activities of daily living, or you have less than 12 months to live, or you have a chronic illness, you can access the death benefit, part of the death benefit while you're living. So very easy comparison. If you've got money in a savings account, which we all need money in reserve, that's not tied to risk. We all do. And those who argue differently don't know what they're doing. Having that money in reserve, do you want that money just giving you a very small return or do you want that money creating everything else that I talked about in terms of options? I don't know, Tammy, you tell me. I I want the options. You know, we talked earlier about why can you not get this with, say, a brokerage account? I mean, why is this different? People are always telling me, oh, I get like 9% with this one and I, I don't get it. I don't understand why they think that that those kinds of accounts are the same as a bank on yourself, infinite banking. Well, are you talking about insurance policies or are you talking about investment accounts? Well, I'm talking about people who say to me, look, whole life, you know, that's a dud. Uh, I have a, a Merrill Lynch account where I can access my money just like you're talking about, just the same way. And it's blah, blah, blah. And it has to do with how the policies work versus those accounts. So can you just tell me a little bit of the difference between what people have known before, which is those check writing brokerage accounts versus having your money in a a whole life policy? Well, number one, when your money is in a check writing brokerage account, by definition, it's in a brokerage account, it's not your money. So Merrill Lynch actually owns that money. And that money is not really in a, it's in a checking account, but it's in a money market account. Go Google money market account. So that's number one. Number two, should you have your money diversified in different places? Absolutely. Of course you should. Number three, the type of insurance companies that we use and the whole life insurance, their business is life insurance. You need to have a criminal intent 
in order to not make money with life insurance. And the companies that we use, when you own a policy, they're your trustee. They are there to benefit you. They are aligned with you. They do not exist to benefit shareholders. They are there to benefit you as the policyholder. Totally, totally different than you being a customer with Merrill Lynch. They're mutual companies and there's only a handful of companies that do what you do and structure the policies according to the principles that you give them. Can you just explain briefly, like if I came to you and said, okay, Teresa, I want to manage my cash using your system. What are the processes that, that I would have to go through in order to do that? What are some things that I need to know? For example, do I need to be insurable? What if I'm not? What, how do you treat your clients when you, when you onboard them? So understanding that it is life insurance at the end of the day, and you need to qualify for life insurance. Qualifying for life insurance is there is financial underwriting and there is medical underwriting. So if you do not qualify from a financial underwriting perspective, then there's something up with your finances that you've got to figure out. Either you're not making enough income or you're spending too much, or you've got money, you're not balanced in terms of your investments. So those are conversations that we have, right? From a medical perspective, if you financially qualify, but you don't medically qualify because you've got health issues, then you have really bad health issues that you'll never qualify, or is it just a matter of time for the medical underwriting for you to qualify from a medical perspective? Do you have a spouse? Do you have a partner? Do you have kids? Do you have family members? Do you have partners, business partners? Does somebody owe you money? Like who in your world can we have as the insured? There are three parties to every insurance contract. There's the insurance company, right? But on the insurance policy, you've got the owner, you've got the insured, which is the body, right? That's being medically underwritten and you've got the beneficiary. So many times clients that are not medically insurable They will own the policy, but there will be another party that is the insured. And the beneficiary many times can be that owner or it can be another party. So people that have health issues don't need to shy away from this. They just need to talk to you to see if there's a way that they can participate, even though they're not necessarily insurable. Absolutely. So that's a good point because people do sometimes think, I'd like to do that that infinite banking type of thing. But, you know, I have health issues. I have I have some chronic illness and they'll never, ever, ever give me a policy. They'll never insure me. You can still participate and use this for cash flow. And oh, the other thing I think you forgot to mention in the brokerage account, guess what? The brokerage account doesn't care whether you live or die. They're not giving you, uh, giving your heirs money if, if you kick the bucket, right? It's not a self-completing plan, right? So if you're, it really just surprises me every time I meet a couple that have kids and they don't have insurance besides what their work gives them. It just blows my mind. Even term, like not having term insurance, it just blows my mind, right? But they're putting aside their money on a regular basis into a 401k or an IRA. And so if they're doing, let's say $10,000 a year, right? And their plan is, hey, when I retire 30 years from now, I'm going to have a couple million. And so my plan, I'm going to be taken care of so I don't need insurance in the future great. What happens when life happens? And if you die early, if you died a couple years after you started your investing plan and you only have $20,000 in your 401k, that's not going to help your family at all. At the very least, get term insurance. At the very least. Cover your family. 20, 30 years, right? When you're young, it's so dirt cheap. Now, 
what we do with Bank on Yourself, an infinite banking concept, which at the end of the day, it's the same concept. The advisors aren't necessarily designing the, the same way, but it's the same exact concept, what we're talking about. If it's designed right, within a few years, a number of years, your cash inside the policy is more than what you've put in, and you've got the death benefit. So your net cost of the death benefit over a number of years, it hasn't cost you anything. When you buy term insurance, how much did you, did you pay for that term insurance over 10, 20, 30 years? It's more expensive in the long run. And we're not doing this to get rich quick. This, if you've got that mindset, what's my return on a short-term basis, we have nothing to talk about. That's not where our thinking is. We're thinking and planning and working for the long term. No get rich quick here. And if that's your mindset, go work with someone else because that's not who you <laughs> are for us. We're not going to get along that well. Well, I was going to say that after knowing you all these years, that it's a, you look at things in a more comprehensive way than a lot of people do. The thing that stays the same throughout anybody's phase, you know, whether they're in the accumulation phase, whether they're in the actual spend down phase of their lives, where they're trying to decide how they're going to retire and how much money they need and all the other stuff. The thing that stays the same is that bank on yourself policy is for any phase of your life can be used. It's not just a retirement tool, correct? Oh my gosh, not at all. It, not at all. It's, you can use it in every phase of your life from a financial perspective. And that's where I say you want options in your life to have a great life. You want options. And from a financial perspective, of course, you want the more financial options that you have. And when you're young, you cannot appreciate some of the benefits and these plans until you're older and you need it. It really is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. We started our son's policies and I've got to, I've got to check the date. He's 24, going to be 24 this month. And we started a policy, I think when he was 11 and the other one at 14. And so he's had his policies, you know, 11, 12, 13 years, right? Both of them. And oh my gosh, when you, you think about starting a policy on a child when they're so young and what it opens up for them in terms of, you know, he's got at least 11 years on these policies working for him, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when he's 50 years old, what these policies can give him. It's just phenomenal. Just amazing. You've done some great stuff, though, for him, getting him started as an entrepreneur doing that. And you're right. It gives them options because if you have a kid and you do this for them, they can decide. Maybe they want to take that money and use it for college. Maybe they don't. You know, maybe they want to start their own business. Maybe they want to buy a home or start investing in real estate. And this gives them the option to do that. And that's so great. I need to do that myself. So, you know, for child's policies, you can do $100, $200 a month, right? So those are our smallest policies. And we've got clients that do half a million, a million dollars a year and everything in between. Wherever you are from a financial perspective, as long as you're saving on a regular basis, there's probably a design that we can accommodate your finances with. You know, Tammy, it's, and I know you know this, we are living in amazing times. Never in the history of mankind have people been creating more wealth than there is today. There is so much money being created. That's amazing. But there's good and bad in that too, as you know. So Of course. <laughs> but, you know, if somebody knows how to make money, it doesn't mean they know how to preserve that money and build wealth. Totally different skill set. And one of the just heartbreaking things that I go through in my work is talking to clients who have created an amazing amount of money and they no longer have it. 
and they're starting over. And I see that all the time. It happens, because, it again, happens a lot. It happens a lot. Again, the world is out there to separate you from your money. And I don't say that to be negative. And I don't say that from a fear perspective. It's just reality. And if you don't have boundaries and you don't have systems and processes and strategies in place to preserve your wealth and you're just focused on making it, you're going to go through life, look back and say, oh my gosh, I made so much wealth. Why do I only have a fraction of it? I mean, if I bet you when I was 18, that's what I'm saying. There's no, there is no too young to start it really. There is no too young to start doing these these principles that you have in place. So for example, speak a little bit about taxes and how they erode people's wealth, because I think that's a fascinating subject that everybody can get into. Well, I, I will. I just want to comment on the other thing. I have clients who, when they find out they're pregnant, they're like, when can we start a policy on our new baby? And I'm like, well, the day they're born, they just have to, they just have to be born and then we can start. So yeah, you're right. There's, it's, it's not. There's no one who's born alive. It's, it, that's the day they should start a policy, right? Um, and, and one other comment I'll say before I answer your tax question. I know this sounds so self-serving, right? I'm just, we're just promoting this concept, and it's the tool that I have in my toolbox, et cetera. But I know you know me, Tammy. I'm so driven by values and bringing tremendous value and security to the marketplace. I don't mean to sound self-serving. It's just, yeah. I can't beat this drum enough. No, you are. You are. And I, there's very few people I actually will recommend. Only maybe three or four people that I would ever, if somebody called me and said, do you have someone that can help me? And you're top on the list for that very reason, because you get it and you will work with people no matter what kind of pathetic circumstances they are in, such as myself, and, and you'll help them get their, wrap their brain around this concept and learn how it can help them really grow and protect, protect the money they already have. That is so crucial. I think, you know, people think all the time about income, income, and that's, that's critical in retirement, especially, I can tell you that, you know, income is king. However, if you could just keep more of the money you make, you'd be better off, right? Which leads us right into taxes, right? It leads us back to taxes. And I'm going to defer just one more time. Tammy, you've got a policy and I know how you talk about, you know, your financial circumstances, but you have a policy and you started it years ago. And aren't you glad even back then you felt strapped to start a policy? Aren't you glad you did? Because time oh my gosh. stops for no one. And your insurability and later, changes like mine did. You know, when I got the policy, I was insurable, right? And people that are young don't think about this. But when I got the policy, I was insurable circumstances, things happen and you become uninsurable. Even at 20 years old, I know people that are uninsurable and they started out healthy, but something happened. And so, yeah, don't think that it's just for old people. Oh God, no, absolutely. It's not for old people. And I will digress one more time. We're all human guinea pigs in this world of electronic magnetic frequencies and chemicals and plastics and Frankenstein food and pharmaceuticals and, oh my gosh, gases from your carpet and your drywall. And we're human guinea pigs. Never in the history of, of humanity have we been exposed to so many things that are not natural. There are a lot of people with a lot of health issues 
And so becoming uninsurable at a young age, we're seeing more and more of this. So just a comment on that. Going to taxes. Wow, one of my favorite topics is when people understand that they can save money and grow it income tax favored, right? So that's the compliant term that I need to use. In layman's term, people understand that as growing their money tax-free because when they pull it out, they're not paying taxes on it. If it's done right, and that's just the disclaimer, right? It's got to be done right. Oh my gosh, it's tremendous. And being able to take your money without penalties or fees at any time, you have liquidity, use, and control. Such an important concept. It's your money. The insurance company is your trustee in charge of preserving that money for you, right? So very important difference. I invite you to Google what happens when you put your money in a brokerage account and the stocks and mutual funds that you own, or you think you own in quotation, right? Or the money in your IRA or your 401k. Just Google that and have an understanding of how that actually works. It will surprise you. Another fascinating topic with regard to taxes. I remember years ago, I remember you saying, that these 401ks, basically what the employers did was originally, if you look at the history of the 401k, you'll see that it was developed to augment the pensions that people already had. But the employers, the corporations got really smart and said, hey, let's just get rid of that nasty old pension plan because that's more money off our bottom line. We'll just replace it with a 401k and we'll pitch it to people. And I remember you saying, you know, the thing about these government-sponsored or government-endorsed plans is that the rules can change at any time, and they have. Just this year, we were talking earlier about how they, the SECURE Act that they just passed in January of 2020 has changed a strategy that people used to use with their IRAs, and what more will change? So if you're, if you're sitting there and you think, well, I got a 401k, that's enough. It's not enough. And there's also tax issues and everything else coming down the road. So speak a little bit about why you're not going to be sitting pretty if you just have a 401k. Well, what's really interesting about the 401k, Ted Benna, and you can research him. He was the inventor, so to speak, or the father of the 401k and Barron's and Fortune and a bunch of people have written about how he thinks it's really gone awry. It did not. Sideways. Um, yeah. It's not what he wanted. It went sideways. Right. So what he envisioned for it is not what's actually happened, right? And corporate America and Wall Street lobbied Congress to transfer the liability and the responsibility of retirement from corporate America to the individual. So when you think about the corporate mindset, if they've got, you know, a thousand employees that they're responsible for their retirement, for funding their retirement, and by law, right, they had to manage that money and make sure it was there and have guarantees, huge liability. So all they did was transfer that guarantee or that responsibility and that liability to the individual, to us. And so Nelson used to talk about this all the time. When you, when you have anything that's created by Congress, by statute, by the government, they're in control. They're totally in control. So 401k is just a statute in law the IRAs, all of that. Well, they can change those laws at any time. So if you're doing planning, thinking that the law is one way today, well, today, look at, you know, look, think of all this financial planning that's been done around the stretch IRA and the inherited IRA. And last year, 
the end of last year, they changed all that. Well, what happened to all that planning? You got to start all over again. You got to start all over again. Exposes your heirs to so much potential tax, Teresa. It's crazy. Well, really, at the end of the day, Congress is all about getting money, you know, from a tax perspective and shifting who's going to pay taxes whatever group they want to, you know, pay either the wealthy or middle America or, you know, whomever, right? So this is just a way of a lot of wealth that middle America has is in these qualified plans. And so they're going to get their money one way or the other. And you you said that years ago that they were going to go after these. And the thing is, it's not so obvious. They try to backdoor all these things, but this is just, this is just the beginning, I think of how they're going to go after this wealth, because it's the last source of concentrated wealth left in the country. I mean, when you think about it, as far as that, those kind of plans are concerned. And the funny thing is the people that are going to bear the brunt of this, in my, in my opinion, are the people that need your bank on yourself policies. And it's the millennials. Why? Because, you know, grandma and grandpa and mom and dad planned their IRA. These are not necessarily wealthy people. These are people that earned a decent living and did everything they were told to do by conventional planning, right? And so they've stretched their IRAs out. Now they've got to rethink that because their millennial children and grandchildren are going to get stiffed big time, especially if they're still working when they start drawing that money. One of the interesting things people, Teresa, don't think about is women are underserved in general in financial services, which is ironic because women are controlling wealth all over the world and they're getting, they're controlling more and more wealth than ever before. So what is it that you're concerned about regarding women and finances, especially people that have inherited stuff? Are they getting taken advantage of? What's going on? I go back to a common theme. The world is out to separate you from your money. And it is so true with women. And I see it all the time. Women control a lot of the household budgets, the traditional family household budgets, right? That's number one. Number two, divorced women or single women, right? They, they're in charge of their finances. And many times they're very stressed because it's all on them, right? They feel they've got all the responsibility. And there's so many people out there that are looking to separate them from their money. Predators. And not to make it negative, but it's just so true and it needs to be said. I can't tell you how many women have fallen in love with the love of their life and the love of their life was only interested in their money and using it for their business schemes or their investments or just needing a loan or needing whatever. And they lose so much of their wealth and can never get it back. And then they're afraid, they're ashamed. They're embarrassed, they're depressed, they're anxious, they lose, they've lost their money, they lose their health, they've lost money that they can give to their kids. It's tragic, absolutely tragic. And we can have many conversations about this, Tammy. And it's not just people that are close to you that are taking advantage of this also. I mean, I have to say too, there are many in the financial services industry who hone in on these women and do not uh, just tell them, you know, uh, whatever's the highest commission for them. And they really don't do a very good job of comprehensive planning for these women. And the women are so, like you said, stressed. A lot of times when women are widowed, especially the man has been taking care of it, which I don't recommend. You know, you need to know what your significant other is doing. But at the same time, they don't understand all the, the mechanics and they've been letting him do it. 
or uh, they've had their nephew or their brother or their son helping them, and now they're on their own. And these these some of these financial advisors, quote unquote, uh, are actually target these women as well. Unfortunately, I just spoke to a woman who became a widow last year. Her husband died in April, and her financial advisor put her on products that she doesn't understand by May. And I thought, oh my gosh, why? Why? What's the rush? What was the rush for her? It's an easy buck for him. It's not the rush for her. It's I know. And I, I do believe that most financial advisors out there are doing, really have the heart to do the best for their clients, but they're coming from a traditional way of looking at planning not practical. They're engrossed in that world, that matrix, that way of thinking. I was very, very lucky to be able to think outside of that box and see things differently. And I know we've got to go, but this is the one thing that I want to leave leave the, the audience with in terms of their thinking. If you're really good at making money, which a lot of people are today, they're creating a lot of wealth. Take a certain percentage and decide you're going to put that money in reserve and in safe, in a safe money strategy. It doesn't have to be bank on yourself or infinite banking. It can be even in a savings account. Not optimal, but do not invest all of your money. Do not put all of your money at risk. Absolutely not. And if you've figured out a way of making money, do not think that you can transfer those skills investing in real estate or flipping property or investing in private equity. You can hire somebody who's really good at that, but don't think you can do it all. Keep making money with what your talents are and what you've figured out. Save a certain percentage of it and save money. You're going to create a lot more wealth. There's some great real estate investors out there that are looking for money if you want to invest that way. There's some great financial people out there that can invest your money for you, but make sure you're taking a certain percentage every single month, every single year of, of your wealth and putting it aside in something absolutely safe. It's not about return on your money. It's return of your money and what it can create exactly. for you. It's safety. And that is a great note to end on because every, it's just getting in the habit. And I'm always hearing about these little old school teachers that didn't ever make more than $40,000 a year that retire multimillionaires. And that's the way they do it. It's time. Time is not on your side most of the time, so the time to start is right away. And Teresa, what you do, and I've talked to many of your clients, and what you do is absolutely phenomenal. People need to talk to you, and you operate all across the country, which is something I wanted to say. But how do they get in touch with you? What's the first step if someone says, you know, this is intriguing, what you do, Teresa, how do I get started? Well, it's not just me. It's our team at Living Wealthy Financial. We've got advisors that know probably more than I do in terms of how to work with these strategies. And it's Living Wealthy Financial. They can find us at livingwealthyfinancial.com or they can call our office 1-800-382-0830. 1-800-382-0830. You know, it's just a conversation. That's all it is. We're we're all about educating. We're very, very laid back. We're very passionate about what we do, but we're not looking to tell you something today. It's figuring out where you're at and what we can do for you and, and go from there. Right. And you're very holistic. And I wanted to you know, just add from my own perspective that Teresa is not against investing. I wanted to say that because she believes in, in rational, logical 
types of investing and income producing assets. And we are not anti Wall Street. Not at all. Not at all. What we're saying is you need to have a sane and safe approach to money. And that's what this provides you. This provides you like a cornerstone, a foundation for everything else that you want to do with your money. So please don't close your minds. Contact Teresa at livingwealthyfinancial.com and just start the process of looking into this. And don't let other people tell you stuff like, oh, this is so bad. This is such a bad investment. And I mean, there are people on TV that constantly say things like this. But instead of listening to other people, just start the process and evaluate the information yourself. Teresa will be glad to provide you whatever you need to make a good decision about your money. And that's what's great about her. She doesn't care whether she makes a penny off you as long as she has gotten the message out there. Yeah, Thanks so much for being here, Teresa. You are the only person I would trust my money with if I had any. So 2020 is going to be a better year for everyone. I've always loved your energy. I love what you do for people and you're the marketing queen and the uh, Thank you for this opportunity today. And that's our podcast for today on Biscuits and Gravy. Our guest was Teresa Kuhn from Living Wealthy Financial. You can find out more about Teresa and the things that she does for her clients at www.livingwealthyfinancial.com. Again, that's www.livingwealthyfinancial.com.